So we are doing this. This is week four of this series. I know, and we've got a whole nother week, and it's like, that's the bummer about a, a five-week series, it is, is it takes five weeks to get through, and you're, you're like, when is this thing going to be done? But hang in there, because this is the week that actually hits my heart the hardest. This is the week that, to me, is probably the most convicting of all of them. And you know what I forgot to do last week? Do you remember how we are, um, do you remember how we are, like, I'm updating that section of the prayer, like I'm uh, with a, a rewriting almost? Well, I forgot to do that at the end of last week's, which was daily bread. And so I wanted to start with that. So give us this day our daily bread. And here's the way that I, um, the way that I pray that. Lord, you are the sole provider who sustains every part of my life. Help me be content with your provision. You give everything I need, and I don't need more than you give. Help me not require more possessions to be joyful. And so next week when we finish, uh, we're going to go through the whole like in, you know embellished version of the Lord's Prayer. And so let's read it. This is the prayer. It says, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, the whole point of this series is to slow down. We've, we've been praying this prayer in such a way that you can just zip through it and it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't hit your heart, it doesn't ask you to change how you live. And guys, this week we are looking at this part. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Or some versions would say trespasses and trespassers. Um, or those who trespass against us. And the reason why this is so convicting for me is that the more I've thought about it, this is probably the easiest thing in all of Christianity to fake and to get good at faking. Because your forgiveness is very, there's so many degrees of separation between your heart condition of forgiving people and the way you treat them. And eventually it might spill over and they might be like, are we okay because you treat me weird? But you can train yourself to fake that too. The longer you stay a Christian, the easier and easier it is to never forgive anyone and yet look totally fine in public. And so we're going to look at the first part where we ask God to forgive us. Because that's usually when we're, when we're zipping through this prayer, that's usually all we're, we're saying. And then we're going to look at the second part, where we forgive other people. And then we're going to look at how those two are related to one another. So I'm going to quote this book. And I would strongly encourage you, if you have ever struggled with the idea of forgiveness, or the topic of forgiveness in any way, check out this book. It is a great book. It's not even a Christian book. This guy, he... He thinks of forgiveness as purely like just a social 
psychological thing that we need to, to get good at. And he trains people in how to forgive, and he doesn't even, he's not even a Christian, or he doesn't use a Bible. But this is what he says in this book. Forgiveness is the feeling of peace that emerges as you take your hurt less personally, take responsibility for how you feel, and become a hero instead of a victim in the story you tell. Good old Fred, Fred Luskin. I love this book. I'm going to quote it a couple more times. But we are going to look at forgiveness. And why does Jesus talk about it so much? And what does the way we associate forgiveness from God have anything to do with the way we associate forgiveness between us? So first I'm going to just talk about God's forgiveness. This is, do we accept, do we understand, do we appreciate when God is forgiving us? Usually, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. What we're going to do right now is we're going to read an entire chapter of the Bible, which might seem uh, audacious, but it's, it's actually just one of the Psalms. We're going to read Psalm 103. It's the forgiveness Psalm. And so I'll have it up on the screen if you want, or you can flip there. But this is a beautiful poem written about God forgiving us. And this is what I want to dig into. This is what he says. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. All right, Psalm 103. And yet, the problem I think that we have with the first part of this section Forgive us our debts, or forgive us our sins, or forgive us our trespasses, however we want to say it, is usually, and I really want us to do some self-reflection and to be honest with ourselves, usually we say that because of another feeling inside us that we don't like, and that feeling is usually guilt or shame. And so we ask for God to take that away. And somehow, the magic Christian word that we've, or phrase that we've come up with is, please forgive me. But you're not asking for forgiveness, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. You're, you're asking, I don't want to feel as guilty as I feel. You're not asking for this. You're not asking for the love and intimate compassion of a father anymore. You're saying, I feel icky, and could you please take this away? And so I want to talk about my role as a father. I think Freddie went to help. All right, so, so here's Evan and Freddie. You, you guys, guys don't, don't remember, remember this, this young. young. 
Because this, this was, was well, like, like 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. So, so this, this is Everett as a little, little kid, Freddie as a little kid, and I, guys, if you don't know me, I'm like head over heels in love with myself. I love him to death. Like, I love my boys with a passionate, like, like caring, affectionate love. And I don't want that, here's, this is like the scariest thing to me, I don't want that to ever resemble all the messed up ways I view my relationship with God. And I want that to sit for a while. There are some very unhealthy ways that we see God and the way he relates to us. And then what I do now as a dad is I flip that around and I think, does that make any sense when I think about my, my sons? The way that I think God looks at me if I apply that now to my child, that's insane. And so then I have, to, I have to use this experience to help me think more accurately about God. So here's, here's a couple ways to do it. If my sons viewed me the way I view God sometimes, it would break my heart. If, I, if they looked at me that way. And what do I mean? What if they were afraid of my love being taken away? What if they didn't even see me as really loving? What if they didn't feel worthy of being loved by me? What if they felt like a close relationship with me was impossible? What if they didn't actually care about their relationship with me? What if they just wanted a peaceful coexistence in the house where no one's yelling, but it never gets close? What if they just wanted to be free from guilt, but not actually enjoy my love? What if my relationship with Ev or Freddie was cold? I just, I gave them rules to follow. And I said, here's your, here's your, the way you should behave. And if you behave this way, then you'll have my favor. But if you ever stop behaving this way, all bets are off, and now I'm upset and angry. What if they respected me, but they never wanted like an emotionally intimate relationship with me? Guys, that would destroy me as a dad. That would destroy me if my sons were just like, no, we have a good working relationship. I'll do what you want, and you stay off my back. And I would be dying inside. I want something more. I want something more loving. I want can I give you a hug? And they're like, nah, we're good. I don't want that for my sons. I don't want, and yet, I think about all the times, I'm being honest here, I think about all the times where I have been like that to God. Where I have rejected a close, intimate, loving, affectionate relationship with my father. We have to go back, and that was the first week, where we talked about God as a father. Like, are we okay with that? Why do we want that with God? When, if my sons treated me like that, I would, I'd be a mess on the floor. I'd be, I'd be a disaster. And so I want, I think back, you know, they're older now. And so we don't have this kind of relationship anymore. 
But guys, your relationship with God, no matter how smart or old or wise or mature you think you are, you're still like the baby compared to God. You're never going to be a peer to God. One day, my, my kids will be my peers almost. But, but this, you're going to be like this to God forever. And so when we think about God's love, we need to think about this caring, affectionate. And we want to restore. When we sin, does that hurt our relationship? Yeah, it does. But when you pray for forgiveness, I want you to think about this. Are we praying for a restored relationship with God? Or do we just, like, I don't like the way I feel right now, so I'm going to pray and say, God, take this feeling away from me, and then I'll feel better. And then when I feel better, I'll just do the same things I did. Because that's the way humans work. I feel guilty. Ugh. I've had people confess sins to me, and they're like, I, it's so horrible, I'm never going to do this ever again. I'm like, oh, careful, Buster. You're going to do it again. You just think you're never going to do it again now because you feel bad. But when that feeling goes away, you're going to jump headfirst into this thing again. We need to be praying not for, God, I feel like crap, take this away from me. Like, you need to be praying for, God, I want a close relationship with you again. I want to restore the closeness that we have. And so we're going to, oh gosh, we've got to move so fast. Because Uman's got a great communion, and I don't want to, like, take up so much time that he can't do his thing. So we're going to talk, so that's it. That's all I'm saying. When we talk about God's forgiveness, I want you to think about this. The next time you pray, and if you're not praying this, please be praying this. The next time you pray for God's forgiveness, I want you to think about, am I praying for that relationship to be restored, or do I just want to feel less good? And so now this is where it gets super convicting. We, we have a forgiveness, too, that we help and, and dole out, we, that we help restore the relationship between us and other people. And so uh, here is here is a scripture where Jesus is talking about this. He says in Luke 17, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And if, I, if you were in a real situation, we're not talking about Bible study. We're talking about someone does something bad to you, and you come to me, and I help help you through that and you go and I say yeah we need to forgive them and then you leave and call that person and they do the exact same thing again like you would be in the exact same boat as these guys were Where like, if I say hey you gotta even if they do the same thing to you seven times in a row you gotta forgive them you'd be like that's not possible that's dumb I'm not gonna do that and and yet we don't see a lower standard of forgiveness in the Bible. There isn't a standard of forgiveness that's like, well, yeah, no, that, that was so bad that you, can, you, shouldn't, you don't have to forgive them. Or like, that was too many times. You don't have to forgive them. And so like, I'm just gonna say right off the bat, if you're hoping to hear me say like, no, 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 forgiveness is like so much more nuanced and you don't have to forgive, like, I'm sorry, it's, it's, not, it's not in there. But, there is a lot that we need to learn about forgiveness. 
So here's two types of forgiveness. One is we're going to forgive others for the benefit of others. Like, you, they are the ones with the guilty soul. They did something to you, and they feel bad, and so you are going to forgive them for their benefit. And I'm, I'm going to say there's not, those aren't two different distinct types of forgiveness. It's, it's forgiveness. But there's two aspects of forgiveness. Forgiveness for the benefit of others, if we only do that, where we're just, I want you to feel better. That is where we're trying to relieve them of the burden of sin. But the problem is it can still control us, their sin. still has control over us. And this I see a lot with men and women, but I think a lot of times we're, we're like, they apologize, and we go, yeah, 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 we're good, we're fine, whatever. But we're not, we're not fine, because we're still hanging on to that. And so then we're going to talk about the other type of forgiveness, which is forgiving for your benefit, where you forgive someone so that you don't have that over you. Now, if you read the book, if you read Forgive for Good, Fred talks mostly about the second type. I mean, he's talking about some serious situations of abuse and trauma and hurt and like that. And so he's, he's talking primarily about, like, let that person go and you just need to do whatever heals you. But Christian forgiveness is different because it's both of these. And we can't just do one without the other. We have to see, like, that there's a third party involved, which is God. And so here is another scripture, another, not scripture, another quote. He says, often we forget that forgiveness is for us and not the offender. Forgiveness in no way condones cruelty or unkind treatment. Forgiveness gives us back peace of mind. And this is specifically, it's true, and it's very specifically information for anyone that's gone through, like, you know, that's been victimized or traumatized. Like, you, you can forgive someone, and that has nothing, that never says, hey, what you did is fine. And yet, we can think that. Like, if I forgive them, then I'm saying that what they did was okay. And that's, that's not true. We can forgive people and still say, yeah, what you did was horrible, but I'm not going to let that run my life anymore. And so, here is uh, Ephesians 6. We all know this, I'm sure. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the whole point of this is just that there is a spiritual component to our forgiveness. It's not just like, hey, you, you did something bad, and I felt bad, and now I'm going to, I just want to like, feel better so we're going to work it out like there's actually something spiritual happening when we when we forgive people there are in your life there are evil dark forces that desire to separate you from god and you from other people and these they use the tools of strife division bitterness the refusal to forgive but if we ignore all spiritual truth and we only focus on human things, then sometimes we can turn forgiveness into a word that really just means, like, let's avoid conflict. And that is not good. And so now I'm going to talk as a dad again. Because here's uh, Evan Fred. This is actually just uh, much more recent. And so, now I'm going to talk as a dad looking at my two children 
that are in a certain state of strife with one another. And so the, the allegory here is that you are one of these kids and someone else is the other one and you have a dad who's both of your dads, okay? And so if I were God and I'm looking down on my sons, how would I feel if each son was trying their hardest to have a really close relationship with me and yet hated each other? Like dads or moms. I want you to think about this. You have, you have children that say, I love you, but I hate my sibling. And could you still have a close relationship? You could. You could, you could try. You could try really hard. But I'm telling you, like, if Everett hated Freddie, and Freddie hated Everett, and yet they both still tried to have a close relationship, there would be this thing in the background of our relationship. There would be this darkness, this emotional, like, pain that's always in the background. And it would, I would give my heart to, to my kids 100%, and yet I would still, my heart would still be breaking. Because they... They don't love each other. And so, in what ways is this you this morning? In what ways are you trying to have a great relationship with your dad, but you hate your brother or sister? And it's 100% biblical that God's like, if you hate your brother or sister, it's almost impossible for you to love me. We won't, we won't get into that. Gosh, we have to move so fast. All right, here we go. Uh, so I, I want you to think about who you need to forgive for your benefit and for their benefit. And this is a little saying, uh, I don't know if you've heard me ever say this before, but it's the idea that apologies are just reminders that you should have already forgiven someone. So spouses, this is, really, this is a really great tidbit. <laughs> Siblings, this is good too. But when someone says, hey, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? That's not when you start the forgiveness process. To me, that's a reminder that, man, I should, I should have already forgiven you. I don't need you to, like, come and prostrate yourself before my feet and, like, I, I should be forgiving you because that is part of who I, God wants me to be. But sometimes, apologies are the price that people have to pay to be forgiven, to be considered to be forgiven. We withhold forgiveness until we feel that they have suffered enough. And it's not good. And it's not godly. It is not the way God wants us to conduct. And so here's a weird question that I want you to really think about. What is it that I am unwilling to forgive? That if someone were to do this, I will withhold forgiveness till the day I die. I'm never going to forgive this person for this thing. And you may be like, I don't have any, there's nothing on my list. I'm like, okay, that's great. Think about it. But if there is something on your list, that's the thing that I want you to think about what, how God is looking down on them. Like, man, is God okay with his two children hating each other that way and, and withholding forgiveness? 
And so here's where, so we've got God's forgiveness and we've got our forgiveness. And now we're going to talk about the, the scariest one word in the Greek, but two words in English in this whole prayer. And that is, as we. The prayer says this, and forgive us our debts, or our sins, or our trespasses, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And this is, we, we read this in English, and it doesn't pack a huge punch, so we can just kind of roll through it. But I want to focus on this. So this is the, uh, depending on your translation, it's this word, host. And what it means is a lot of things, but it's not simple, okay? It's not just like as or like. Let's keep reading. As, like, about, as it were, according to how, when, while, as soon as, as long as, so that, since, or, the most convicting, in the same way. And if you replace some of, if you replace uh, in the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts in the same way that we forgive our debts. Or forgive our debts when we forgive our debtors. Or as soon as we forgive our debtors. It starts to take on a much more serious tone. Because now we're saying something different. We're not asking two things. We're asking one conditional thing, which is scary. And you might be like, well, yeah, you can like come up with lots of different definitions, but, but that's probably not what it means, right? Well, let's look. This is a, a parable. It's kind of long, but we're going we're gonna to read it. In Matthew 18, this is what Jesus says. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began, to, to began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. This is you and God. You had a, a debt that was too big, you couldn't pay it back, and he let it go. And then... It was like this. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Very different amounts. A huge astronomical amount, a very much more small and tiny amount. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. This is you and someone else. So God, you owe God a huge amount, and God's like, yeah, I'll let it go. But then someone does something much smaller to you, and you go, I will die on this hill, because this is, this is worth it. And so this is how the parable ends. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. 
Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And this is maybe the most scary verse in the Bible. Because Jesus says to the crowds, and this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So is it a big stretch to look at the Lord's Prayer, to look at that as we forgive those? Forgive us as we forgive? Is it a big stretch to think that that's conditional? That maybe we're praying, God, I don't deserve to be forgiven as long as I'm holding on to grudges of other people. You might think like, yeah, that's a big stretch until you read this and you're like, no, Jesus said that's exactly how it's going to be. And guess what? That's that last verse, or that, the last part of the parable. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? That's the exact same word in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is saying, yeah, you want God to treat you nice while you treat his children like garbage? And you think God's okay with that? I, I want, I want or Freddie and Everett, they want a, a close, intimate relationship with me while they try to hurt each other and kill each other. I'm like, I love you, but this is not good, and this is hurting our relationship. And they're like, well, I don't want my relationship with my brother to affect my relationship with you, Dad. And I'm like, well, too bad it does. There's no way, there's no version of this where you can hurt your brother, and I'm okay with that. Where you guys can hate each other and still enjoy love here. I mean, it's just not, it's just not possible. You're asking me to like shut off part of my brain. And this is just if you're still doubting me. Matthew 6. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that's when I learned to throw up my hands and just like, like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this. It's too hard. I can't, I can't forgive everybody. And this is, this is why I'm saying, like, we're going through the Lord's Prayer, and hey, today's about forgiveness. And you're like, oh, okay. Guys, this is so scary. This is so scary because repeatedly throughout the Bible, Jesus is like, forgiveness is non-negotiable. And if you want to hold on to stuff in your heart and pretend like your relationship with your dad is okay, you're lying to yourself. And this is what I'm saying. Like, it's so easy to, to fake your way through an entire life as a Christian and never come face to face with this reality. And you know me. I can't, I can't preach a sermon without talking about lordship. But the reality is, I need you to ask yourself, is forgiveness part of my lordship? If I say Jesus is Lord, he is a master, I am a slave, I am nothing, he is everything, my will is nothing. Like, okay, it's easy to say that if we're just talking about putting on a church face or like coming to church. Like, it's easy to say Jesus is Lord if it's just about the churchiness. As soon as I say Jesus is Lord, so now I have to forgive everybody that does anything against me. And you're like, whatever, I, I give up. It's scary, and it should be scary, guys. Our lordship informs 
and, and instructs many parts of the way we live. We watch what we say. We avoid strife and anger. We strive for sexual integrity and purity. We understand that those things fall under the lordship of Jesus, and we're okay with that. But I'm not kidding when I say that a lot of us say, but not forgiveness. I will let Jesus, Lord Jesus, dictate all of this. But man, if someone hurts me, that is so far outside from underneath my lordship. I'll go to war with someone when they hurt me. And I will still have a great relationship with God. Guys, the Bible is very clear about how God feels about it. Forgiveness can fly under the radar. It's not obvious, like swearing or drugs or immorality, fits of rage, all the sins listed in the Bible. And so, because it's not as obvious, it's not as important to us. But I would be so bold as to say it's more important because it's not obvious. And so, that's it. We're not solving anything here. We're just like, I'm just asking you guys to reflect. My prayer this morning is that we can see that this little, simple line that we usually just say, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are on our debtors. Or, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespassing. So, like, we can say that and never get to the heart of what Jesus was saying. It is not a spell to be used as a balm on a guilty conscience. And so here's how, here's how I, I pray that. God, I always need you to heal our relationship as a father and a child. Help me search my heart for any other brothers or sisters that need reconciliation. And I am declaring boldly that I don't deserve forgiveness if I am unwilling to forgive others. That's a scarier prayer. That's a prayer that requires me to change. I can't pray that and then like keep going on. Like that is a prayer that says, like, are you, are you serious about this? This work is not to be taken lightly. When you say, yeah, I want to be a Christian. It's like, okay, Christian, if you want to be a Christian, that means you have to start forgiving people. Um, everybody? Everybody. Even, the, even like the people that do bad stuff? Like, everybody. Like, uh, maybe. Let's think about this. It's some of the most serious work of being a disciple of Jesus. And it's the easiest thing to ignore. You can live your whole life pretending to be like Jesus and never follow these commands of his. I pray that we can strive for the higher calling of real forgiveness. So, amen. At that, Uman George has our communion, and he is going to come on up. Come on, Uman. Thank you, bro.